So, uh, we are not prepared for today. Actually, we are so unpreparedly prepared. That is amazing. So you just get a day with us. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. How fun was that debating game we had last night? It was fantastic. So this game that we're playing, (laughs) Super Fight, eventually turned into a debate game. That was pretty cool. We had to set timers or else the table would just get... Yeah. Yeah. You had a rebuttal. Or you had you had your turn where you had to fight the other person with two cards, kind of like a Cards Against Humanity. And then once you placed it, you were able to go, hmm, this is why you should vote for me. It's very interesting to see everybody's perspective. I wonder if this is how Congress does everything. They're probably much more civilized than our table. Right. We had a timekeeper. My favorite was the beauty pageant uh, girls. Beauty pageant girls going through puberty that had to do logging against a chimpanzee that had a tongue that can stretch every which way for infinite amount of space. Yeah. Try and explain who wins that one. Yeah. Or the Viking with beautiful hair versus the gladiator that can turn into a vehicle. Okay. That was good. Good explanation. (laughs) I liked it. I got some good writing in today. Yeah, what did you start writing about? Um, I started writing about a character that eventually taps into uh, magic. So this guy basically is an average person. But how do you explain an average person? Who is an average person? I don't know, but it's an important part because it seems like every single fancy story or book you read starts with an average person. But then it, let's say you take a typical storyline. An average person comes across a magical thing. And they respond so well to it. So does that mean the more average the person, the more average the person wants to deal with magic? If a fairy came in front of you and was like, hello, I'm Puck. This is what's going to happen. How likely are you to play out that story? Or are you going to go, I'm fucking crazy. Maybe I was sleeping. Or yeah, I mean, you never know what you came across. But you're going to question your whole kind of, they always choose the most mundane person. Yeah, they do. Almost a blank slate, but not quite. Just they're completely soaked in society, but they still want a little bit more. They're, but they're still they're stuck. Yeah. This is how the story always starts. They're just somebody that's kind of stuck. But what is that feeling of stuck? What if can you still have a happy life if you're stuck? If you're not passionate about whatever you're stuck in, I don't think so. But what do you have to live a life of passion? You don't have to. But people search for this. They almost always search for passion. Can people find passion out of what they're required to do in daily life? They can. Is that enough to write a story on? Actually, it is. You ever look at people and wonder what their story says? I do because I like to read memoirs. Oh. Yeah. They say, I don't remember what fancy uh, old historical figure I completely idolize and can't tell you which one I'm quoting <laughs> correctly, said that you should you should take the time to write your memoirs, your life story. Would you do that? 
Yeah, I've already I've started to. Nice. How I, would you say start the story? Oh, this is hard because <laughs> I started this story when I was in elementary school. Oh. But then it's it is interesting to see how the story changes as you grow older and grow to rewrite it. Do you start a memoir at your first memory? Um, maybe of that year or of that period of my life. Something that I can recall back to. What's your first memory? My first memory is the one that I can visualize the clearest is of me cracking my head open. Oh, that sounds sexy. <laughs> so pain is the first memory you can recall. Yeah. Or the first memory you have of life. Fascinating. Mine, mine is ca- catching my dad smoke pot. And no, no, that's actually not. That's just kind of <laughs> funny because he always swears like, oh, you caught me when I was younger. And I just like to give him guilt trips. Do you know what my first true memory is? What is it? I think I can't picture how old I was, but I know I was young. And I wasn't that young to where I could say I was like four or five or three. Because those memories, I can't really clarify. Like I don't know what they are. I can't put them in any context. But this one is me looking at these four daisies at the side of a driveway. And I remember it was so unique. It was just four daisies that weren't supposed to be there. And that's my first memory. I had to been first grade. I remember walking up to these four daisies. I, you know, like weeds, mm-hmm. little weeds. And going, these were not here before. I don't remember them before. And making a special note to look in the future when these flowers would not be back. Like, they would eventually die. And I remember looking at them very distinctly because it was green. It was like a green lawn, really green, and yellow daisy leaves. Some, like a sunflower, it reminded me of. That's why I like to paint sunflowers. That's why I like Vincent van Gogh's. Every time I look at his sunflowers, it reminds me of a childhood memory. Memories are such a complex thing. I know. I'm going to do a side note. Yeah. Non sequitur here. So you know how in normal conversations you're really far away from most people and you can get away with bowel movements? Yeah. Not like farting or anything, but like, (laughs) you know, when you burp, like I took a sip of coffee and I just went, and I'm pretty sure everybody over the thing was like, yeah, we heard that. But you wouldn't have heard that. So it's funny when you start looking at people, you're like, you just did a bowel movement in front of me and tried to hide it. That was pretty good, but I caught you. I just squeezed and winked a little bit harder than usual. Oh, that's how you hold it in. Vanna was talking about Benji's doing his like he can't speak, so he's doing his poop squint squints. That's that means he's pooping. Oh, that's cool. That's I'm like I don't want kids right now. <laughs> I'm reenacting it right now. <laughs> Nailed it. I love that kid. When I think of Benji, I think, okay, of course we remember all of these moments, but he's not going to remember these things. No, no, they don't. And I've got to test this out with little kids like I've taught over the last 15 years. Sometimes they don't remember you. And you're like, ah, or you don't remember them. At all. Yeah, and it goes both ways. It does. But memories are funny because you can remember playing with these people when they were younger. And you're like, hmm. I remember we did this, this, and this, and you don't remember any of that? No. But you had so much fun. And you only get to remember what you actually choose to remember. 
Yeah. I think it has to correlate with an emotion. Well, for me, I remember things emotionally. Yeah. How do you remember things? Physically. Huh. So it has to create a physical stimuli to remember. But it goes both ways because I remember the physical feeling and then the emotional feeling that's tied to it. So this is what I was talking about when we were trying to choose how that character would develop. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you now once you feel that feeling of let's say you're that person that feels magic, you feel the magic for the first time, not magic. It's just something unexplained. You can't explain how when you walk into a room, the light turns on how you feel. But it's the first time you recall that you flip a switch and it turns the light on. You're like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's the feeling of once you touch it, that does it connect to you emotionally and you develop it emotionally or do you try to break it down into a tangible item before you recreate it? So which avenue would you choose to try to discover this unique feeling you explored? That's a good way to break it down. I I think I would choose the physical connection. That physical, tangible substance is what created me to feel something and imagine it. And then I always look for that feeling. Mm. which connects to but it's weird because it's physical and then emotional but man i'm emotional but they're physical but they're the same same time but one is slightly a millisecond off oh interesting do you think you can control that yeah do you think you can make it to go opposite direction you can once you once you start to understand the other side more being younger and remembering um can you create memory for yourself now? Now I can. Being 29? Yeah. 28 years old? I, I, I can understand what triggers my memory so I can remember things easier. So they talk about memory tricks. Do you think those work? I think so. I've been working on them. Like um, my favorite is the Sherlock one. It's an old one. A mindscape. Yeah, it's one of my favorite ones. I always get distracted in the details. I'm like, there's. A, I'm gonna hang a cape over there, and the cape's gonna be, but it's gonna be a red cape. And then it's <laughs> gonna be. <laughs> I tried that for a very long time. Even you brought it up once, where you walk into a room and see how many things you can notice really fast. Right. And then you just work on that and get better at it. And then uh, from there, I kind of just you choose how much information you actually need. The more you do it, so it's not necessary to remember every single little thing depending on the situation. What do you think would take to explain to an average person that that is a skill they can develop and get better at and that it can eventually make their life better? Because now you have a story. Because sometimes it takes shockers for someone to believe that they can do that with enough skill to be able to use it as an asset in everyday life you choose and you can recreate your own memory this is how people end up with different stories when we were both at the same place but we paid attention to different things and every character is a main story because i remember do you have like a timer i still I got need it. this timer it's dude. okay because we're cutting stuff but i remember with my first memory do we have like five minutes no you got time. i remember with my first memory. do you have like 10 minutes i just like interrupting that He's getting mad. Because I'm going to have to edit all of this shit. No, you got to yes. play it. <laughs> I remember my first memory.
I remember my first memory differently than my mom. Uh-huh. But my first memory was an extremely important memory for her as well. Mm. When I cracked my head open. Yeah. We both learned a lot of different things. Is that why your head is kind of like... All right, so you, you cr- how did you crack your head open? Tell us how it led to this moment. So growing up, I always wanted to be a boxer. Like building boxes? No. Oh. No. Oh. Like Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson boxing. Oh. But my mom. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you do live in the box, though. You got one step closer. My mom just, <laughs> yep, El Cajon. My mom looked at me, and my dad looked at me, and my dad was like, all right. My mom was like, no, look at Muhammad Ali right now. He's in a wheelchair, and he can't do anything. That's when your legend outweighs, you know. Right. You sacrifice your body. That's what all these sports players and my parents were basically, well, my mom was basically like, we didn't come all the way over here just so you could live like that. That's not living. And when you're a kid, you don't understand that. You're like, I just want to box. Like, you know, I just want to box. And then I was like, okay, I can't box. Okay, I want to play sports. <laughs> but my build is not very sportsman. How old were you when you finally figured out your body is not sportsman? I think when I was seven. When I was seven and kids started growing taller, yeah. you start getting chosen at the last the last pick. And I'm like, but I thought we were best friends. And, and then your best friend's like, now, I'm going to take the one in the wheelchair. Yeah. Now, at what point did you realize, did you ever realize that you were not athletic? Um, you like sports, but you realize at some point athletics don't quite. Middle school. Okay. How about you? Uh, mine, yeah, mine was elementary school playing wall ball. Realized that I couldn't play wall ball. I love wall ball. I was like, I really want to do this, but I can't do this. And it felt so bad because all the other boys could. And I was like, man, that's kind of sad. I kind of suck at being a man. Middle school, when then when you started having more tryouts before yeah. in elementary, everybody you just joined it. I always had team. to make friends so that I can make the team. <laughs> Eventually, it was like, oh no, you can't. You're not gonna make it through tryouts. Not even the so first. So you day. were the smallest. Okay, so you like to be a boxer. You want yeah. to be a boxer. So how does boxing get into you cracking your head open? Oh, okay, because I wanted to get in. Well, I just like sports now okay. since I couldn't box. So this is middle school. Uh no, this actually this happened in elementary school. Okay, how old? Um, or what? Not how old? What grade do you think? I think I was seven. Cause I said around first grade, so this is about the same time. Cause he was my brother Junior was born already. Suki wasn't born yet, mm. and all of my cousins were at the house, and I was already known to do well. I would be fairly safe, but if you gave me a really good idea. I would take it and run with it, even if the idea you said, don't do this. So that's funny you say that, because I feel like um, society is at a point now where they want to incorporate safetyism. Right. Like how safe do you have to be? Now, see, you grew up to be a fine individual of Knack, of the Nick Knack show on the other side of this microphone, which is an amazing people. Parents want their kids to be just like you. And when I was little, everything I did was not considered safe in these times. So how safe 
do we parent when we know we're taking a look at parenting that we could be better? See, you took an idea and went with it. So I would lock you down into a room and make you just play video games because that, that's all you would do. Okay, back to the story. Mm. Rainbow. <laughs> I like how you're searching through your memory right yeah. now. Yeah, you're going through your mindscape. What's your mindscape look like? Mine's uh, a house. <laughs> mine is a, it's a vast colony, but unsettled. Uh, on the front of my house, I have a door. And on the door, it has a sign that says, nobody's home. One, two, three. And back to safetyism. So all the things that I did growing up and what you did growing up, they don't do anymore. It's like a barren wasteland out there. But I would find anything and everything that I could jump off of, roll down, Mm -hmm. jump over, Mm -hmm. fall on, Mm -hmm. climb. When you get told no too many times, what eventually happens to that character? You start to do it less. And because what that's happened, but what happens now we have kids that are finally learning this that are yeah. in their mid 20s uh late 20s early 30s mid 30s they finally went through all this when they were told no now we have a whole generation of kids that have been raised completely on no which is crazy to think about it because when i go back into my memories it started in fifth grade where i was told no repeatedly throughout the year and it affected me all the way through my adulthood kids were unsupervised at certain periods of times. Now they're completely supervised. Their phones can keep you in contact with your your parents nonstop. Nonstop. And before that, I mean, parents didn't really supervise. You just had to have the kids had to have integrity to, to, to hopefully make a right decision. I know. And of course, I made the whatever they said not to. But I paid attention to two main things. Go. Don't set the house on fire. Did. And. Don't crack I, your head open. Well, no, no, no. Don't hurt your siblings. Make sure that your siblings don't get hurt. Oh. They never said me. Well, that's because you're an older sibling. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the baby of the families never have to do that. This is how I know that we are the knick-knack. Or knack-knick, or we're a team. Remember when we first discovered that we would be the guards in the background timing? Just kind of... We were watching uh, Avatar. Korra. 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 Yeah, and you there was ha- a scene where Tenzin jumps onto the bison, but he does like an air flip spinny thing and he lands on the bison and drives away. And these guards, two guards are in the background just standing there and they're like, whoa. And I was like, we would be those average people sitting in the back and be like, dude, that guy just freaking flipped air, spun around and landed on his bison. Do you practice that? And then we did a triple take. Like, did you see what I saw? Yeah. We, we both saw that, right? That oh, we should just be guards yeah, so we can watch it all the time. what kind of society would you be in if you did that all the time? Actually, we should start doing that now. Every time okay. we exit a room, we should do a special, like before you get into your car, I want you to go. Are we just going to do butterfly kicks before we enter and exit places now? I wonder if I could do that landing on my motorcycle. That would be a whole amazing segment. I feel like that. <laughs> I feel like they do. Uh, I mean, my bones are cracking thinking do, about it. I but Yeah. <laughs> uh, I break my bones for my family. That's the toast I gave. So back to my first memory. I was told to not do any of these things. And then it was raining outside, which my parents always let us play in the rain. And we always understood that. You're going to let your kid play in the rain? Oh, heck yeah. Oh. Yeah, just go ahead, run around. I'll probably run around too. 
until I get too cold, I'll be like, you still want to run around? Okay, here, have some hot cocoa. Um, but for this, this time, they didn't let us go play in the rain because our cousins were over and they didn't want to have to wash all of our cousins and dry them off and change their clothes. Um, so we decided just to hang out and play Pogs in the room. But eventually, Pogs is a quick game. So because your parents didn't want to change you and dry you off, you guys had to play Pogs. You get smashed into a room and play a game. Yeah. Sad face. Yeah. Now you see why. I wonder what your guys are going to choose for your kids. I don't know. You can't play Pogs. That's dirty. Hey, but guess what? So we also started playing baseball in the house. Oh, yeah. Which my parents, they used to let me play catch. But as I grew older, I got stronger. And they kept feeding me Wheaties. So they said, okay, you can't play catch in the house anymore. Wheaties. If I hate Wheaties. <laughs> it's the breakfast of champions. Just kidding. Cereal is a lie. Anyways, so we decided to play it's so baseball. Bad for you. To play baseball, it is. What's your go-to cereal? I don't eat cereal. If you had to choose cereal, what would you choose? Oh, don't judge my answer. Wheaties. No. Oh. Grape nuts. I kind of like Fruity Pebbles. Why would I judge your brother? That's a popular brand. I know. Huh. But I heard you Cocoa Crisp, but then I feel very <laughs> unsatisfied. What, what grown man says, yeah, sometimes I like to crack open a giant box of Fruity Pebbles in the morning. Fruity Pebbles. Pour a giant glass of the finest cow-driven milk and silently... Let it drip into your cereal. And you lick my it. lips. <laughs> It's funny because I grew up on cereal and I was never allowed, I couldn't have milk. So I had to have cereal with milk mix. I ended up just learning how to snack on cereal. Can yeah. You have a time where you, that was your snack, your breakfast, your uh, lunch. I'd your rather dinner. eat it dry than eat it with milk mix. But no, you had to eat it with a liquid. Then I started questioning what liquid you can use with cereal. And did then you I try was, water? Uh, n- yes. Okay, what did you think of it? It was you, fine. But when I would rather have a crunchy <laughs> than soggy. My cousins were like, you can't eat this without milk. I was like, oh, yeah? Watch me. Orange juice? Mm, yeah, not so. Apple juice? I did with Ajax. It worked out. Not Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> I killed myself. That's probably don't, why I'm crazy. Don't do it What's with it Ajax. Apple Jacks. Oh, that sounds actually really good. Yeah, it was apples and oranges. Uh huh. Yeah. Apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. Is there oranges in there? In orange juice? Oh yeah. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. I'm no, it, apple juice I know in apple jacks. Oh. Yeah, I feel like. Mm. Yeah, but mm-hmm. we could never afford those, so we would get the ones that without sugar. So we would just buy sugar, and I would just end up dumping the sugar all on top of the cereal, so it gots to the bottom. Gots gets to gots. Gatsu. 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 That's a good character. You look him up. It's a big story. He slices with people in there. Um, but then you drink the bottom, and I'm like, horchata. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so growing up poor, our go-to food was rice. What was your go-to food? Chicken. Okay, nice. Uh, ch- uh, wing- skinless, boneless chicken. <laughs> Uh, and is she, yeah, that was pretty much it. Potatoes were a good filler. Pota- yes. Potatoes a lot for filler, but that's high in starch. So my mom just basically had the chicken 
I'd share the filler. We oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Rice. We never had rice. We never I had know. constant rice cooking. Which is oh, see the Okay. Okay, so rice was our go to food because it was always in abundance and it was affordable. Yeah, the the con we had rice, but it was always like she mixed it up pretty good. Yeah. I never got to choose how to like cook or anything, but she mixed it up pretty good. But it was pretty much it was chicken, and then on Sundays we had London broil because mm. it's a big ass steak that can feed everybody. That sounds actually really good. Barbecue, but it was guaranteed. Yeah. Then there was the meatloaf. You look like you have disdain with this meatloaf. Yes, my brother. If he ever listens to the show, which he never will, and my mom, which I don't think she listens to anymore because it's now the the fourth episode, and she put her time in. But if she listens, she'll understand this meatloaf is still in infamy. <laughs> She couldn't finish the meatloaf. She was so late for a PTA, and we didn't care, me and my brother. So she left, and then we were left with this meatloaf, and it was so hard, we couldn't eat it. It was a joke because we stabbed a fork finally in it after smashing it with a hammer, and I didn't think this was actually possible. Funny story, we actually smashed a lot of things with a hammer. He smashed a battery once with with it, and it unintentionally and it got in his eye and acid was all over the place it was kind of creepy but we did smash things a lot with our hammer that sounds way better than licking the batteries yeah that's what we did when i was yeah, growing they make up it on your <laughs> I tongue. Like, yeah uh, i forgot how do you get the do you still get scared when you do that some well i always get a little scared i'm like i don't know how big of a jolt ah! see the nice thing about being the oldest is eventually you have the two other siblings that okay i need you to test you know, this duma <laughs> Because I I'm the baby, I know, and my so brothers would everything. make me yeah. do that. Well, I tested enough for them. Okay, I cracked my head open for them. Hmm. Not really Wait, for them. Wait, how did you crack your head open? Oh, I cracked my head open because we were playing baseball in the house. And typically, my mom lets us play with the softer balls. Um, <laughs> but eventually, <laughs> eventually, only hard balls allowed in this house. So we were playing baseball, and it was like three cousins on one bed, three cousins on the other bed. And we didn't have a box frame like this. It was just the mattress on the floor. But it had one here and one over there. Classy. So we were jumping up and down across them. And then we started playing catch with rules that we made up, like a lava game. See, this is why you should never give kids box, like a full-on setup for beds. They should just have springs on the floor because they're <laughs> going to break it and jump on it. Yeah. Unless you, you, you have a well-mannered child. Yeah, I'm well-mannered. Sounds, like sounds like a dull life. So we create... You know what today kids call sandbox video games like where you can make whatever you want yeah we did that in real life in a room yeah but we were only given a certain amount of things they to call video games sandboxes yeah certain video games wow but we were we macgyvered it we macgyvered this game would macgyver beat what was the pope no it was macgyver versus who is it, it was um uh, macgyver we versus... should have took a picture of that Damn, it was yeah. versus not the Pope. He wasn't going against the Pope, but I feel like he was in a Pope mobile. Yeah. Hmm. I was the octopus. The octopus. In the Pope mobile versus a band of an acapella group. A college acapella. 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 Acapella? Acapella. 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 A, an acapella group. Uh, 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 
cappella. No, we didn't do that. Okay. A cappella. We should probably have a follow-up segment of something actually a cappella, so it sounds really nice. Can we do knick-knack in a cappella? We can. Let's try it. Okay. Ready? You, you do the fingers. I'll follow okay. your finger. Ready? Knick-knack. I don't know what the fingers mean. Okay, okay. Okay, do it again. Knick-knack. Show. Oh, okay. Do it again. Yeah. One more time. Okay. Nick Show. That's fantastic. Yeah. They'll never know the end of how I got my head cracked over. We'll finish that next week. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HSTSC33. And on Facebook, Hidden Shadows of the Secret Chamber. Yeah, that's this it. This is a Hidden Shadow production.